listening to Politics Weekly. To uh, be big underdogs uh, in the race uh, for the uh, the presidency. One of them is uh, joining me today. We can survive all those systems. What's going to happen if you legalize it completely? Politics Weekly is a podcast on politics, news, and principles. everyone welcome back to politics uh weekly uh we are here with uh red eagle patriot is that your name uh yeah i'm a founder of red eagle tv on youtube now um tell us a little bit about your youtube channel first well i started the channel back in february i've been uh, releasing election prediction uh videos uh since then uh about the 2020 presidential election, I do have a personal bias of a right of center, but I try to, you know, do it fairly uh, when it comes to my predictions. Um, now, uh, do you have a podcast or am I remembering that? Uh, I do. I, I do. I, I did have a couple on the YouTube that I took off, but I'm eventually going to start back up again pretty soon, uh, like next month or so. All right. You want to tell us a little bit about that? Uh, yeah, so basically I was uh, taking um, political issues that were in the news and just uh, giving my basic opinion on them, uh, usually trying to call out things that I felt like were being uncovered fairly in the media is what I mainly uh, tried to cover. So uh, that's basically it for that. All right, why don't we get right uh, into the news uh, so the first bit of, uh, do, 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 hold on, let me just see, so the first bit of news uh, is surrounding former Indiana Senator Richard Luger, former Indiana Senator and former, and former, and former Indianapolis Mayor uh, Richard Luger uh, has died recently at, uh, I believe, age 84, let me double check that. Um, but Richard Luger uh, was uh, known to be uh, a more liberal Republican senator. Well, he's a Republican, but he was known to be more of a, uh, a liberal-leaning uh, senator. Uh, he was 87 years old. Um, he served as senator from 1977 to 2013 when he lost uh, a primary that year. Uh, he was also a candidate. Uh, for president in 1996, uh, and he was mayor of Indianapolis from 1968 to 1976. What are your thoughts on the death of Richard Luger? I mean, I know he served until uh, 2015 in the Senate. He was a long-running uh, member of the Senate. He was pretty bipartisan. I know that he ran unopposed uh, in 20, I think it was 2000. And eight is when he ran unopposed. He got like almost eighty percent of the vote. Um, he was very popular in Indiana in Indiana when he was serving. So I feel like he was a good senator. I feel like he'll he'll be missed greatly. All right. Uh, why don't we move on then 
So recently, the White House uh, Correspondents Dinner happened. Uh, multiple different uh, comedians, reporters, uh, and journalists showed up and gave their speeches there uh, in what was kind of a roast sort of format. Um, Donald Trump uh, was absent uh, from the dinner for the third year in a row of his presidency. Uh, what were your thoughts on the White House Correspondence Dinner? Well, I didn't uh, personally watch the Correspondence Dinner. I did watch the uh, rally that took place in Wisconsin at the same time. I feel like uh, Trump, he's kind of a, he's got a lot of uh, negative media coverage. He just doesn't seem like the kind of guy who's going to want to just sit there and get roasted uh, year after year. I feel like he, he feels like he's gotten that a lot in the media and he feels like he can get back at them by doing his own thing and holding his own rally and also helps boost his uh, presidential campaign ahead of 2020. So on his move, I could see why he continues to skip the correspondence dinner. Uh, all right, then. Uh, so uh, the next uh, question or the next story we have um, involves uh, the uh, approval rating. So every couple months or so, um, the morning consultant uh, unveils new uh, approval rating polls, uh, and recently they revealed new approval rating polls for all the senators and governors. Uh, the top seven most unpopular senators include, uh, in number seven, Rand Paul, Republican from Kentucky. He has a 41% approval rating and a 38% disapproval rating. In number six, uh, is uh, Susan Collins, Republican from Maine, despite having a 52% approval rating and only a 39% disapproval rating. Uh, Senator Chuck Grassley, Republican from Iowa, uh, he has a 42% approval rating and a 39% disapproval rating. Uh, in number four, uh, Elizabeth Warren, a uh, Democrat from Massachusetts, she has a 49% approval rating and a 40% disapproval rating. Uh, in number three, uh, Joe Manchin, he has a 40, uh, Democrat from West Virginia, he has a 46% approval rating and a 41% disapproval rating. Uh, Bob Menendez, Democrat from New Jersey, he has a 33% approval rating and a 43% disapproval rating. And in number one, the Senate Majority Leader Mitch McConnell has a 36% approval rating and a 50% disapproval rating. Uh, in terms of the most popular senators, uh, in number seven, John Hoven, the uh, Republican senator from New uh, from North Dakota, uh, has a fifty five percent approval rating um, and a twenty two percent disapproval rating. Uh, in number six, uh, Senator Mike Rounds, Republican from South Dakota, has a fifty six percent approval rating and a 26% disapproval rating. And number five, um, John Barrasso, the Republican senator from Wyoming, have a, has a, 60, a 56% approval rating and a 26% disapproval rating. Um, and number four, uh, Angus King, independent from Maine, uh, has a 58% approval rating and a 29% disapproval rating. And number three, Amy Klobuchar, has a 
has a 58% approval rating and a 28% disapproval rating. And number three, Patrick Leahy, Democrat from Vermont, has a uh, 59% approval rating and a 28% disapproval rating. And in number one, Bernie Sanders, also from Vermont, has a 62% approval rating and a 31% disapproval rating. Before I read off the governor's approval ratings, what are your thoughts, uh, your initial thoughts on the senatorial approval ratings? Uh, well, it's uh, kind of what you'd expect where you have in the um, more non-competitive states, you have the uh, senators in like places like Wyoming or Vermont, for example, where the states are mainly uh, very partisan, so they are going to back uh, the candidates that they support very at very high numbers. Um, and I noticed that in terms of Mitch McConnell being like the most uh, disapproved of, it seems to be like the senators that happen to be in the uh, political coverage more often in terms of like the majority leaders or whatever, they're going to get a lot of scrutiny. And Mitch McConnell has uh, ties to, he has a lot of uh, corruption scandals that have gone on throughout his career and stuff. So it's just, it does seem like he will actually have a big, be in for a big fight for uh, 2020 so he can get reelected, even if that means he has a primary challenger or a strong uh, populist Democrat that could try to knock him off. All right. Now let's talk a little bit about the governor approval rating. So the same poll from the morning consultant uh, says that the top seven most unpopular Democrats, the top seven most disliked Democrats uh, who are or, sorry, the most the top seven most disliked governors uh, include Ralph Northam, the Democratic governor of Virginia. He has a 40 percent approval rating and a 36 percent disapproval rating. Um Kim Reynolds, Republican governor from Iowa, she has a 44% approval rating and a 37% disapproval rating. Uh, governor Ned Lamont, Democrat from Connecticut, has a 33% approval rating and a 38% disapproval rating. Uh, Andrew Cuomo is the fourth uh, most unpopular governor uh, with a 49% approval rating and a 40% disapproval rating. Uh, Kate Brown, Comes in third. She's the Democratic governor of Oregon. Uh, she has a 41% approval rating and a 44% disapproval rating. And number two is Gina Raimondo, the Democratic governor from Rhode Island. She has a 40% approval rating and a 50% disapproval rating. And in number one is Matt Bevin, the Republican governor of Kentucky. He has a 52% disapproval rating and a 33% approval rating. Bevin is, of course, uh, in a hot race, a hotly contentious race for re-election this year. Um, now let's look, uh, take a look at uh, some of the uh, approval ratings um, in the uh, Senate. Or sorry, sorry, the mo- most popular governors. Uh, let's take a look at them. So, first of all, uh, coming in number seven is Doug Burgum, the Republican governor from North Dakota. He has a 55% approval rating and a 21% disapproval rating. Greg Abbott, the Republican governor of Texas. Henry McMaster, the Republican governor of South Carolina. Asa Hutchinson, the Republican governor of 
uh, oh, and Asa Hutchinson, the Republican governor from Arkansas, are all tied for sixth place uh, as the six most popular governors. Uh, all three of them have a 57% approval rating and a 23% disapproval rating. Coming in number five is Phil Scott, the Republican governor from Vermont. He has a 59% approval rating and a 28% disapproval rating. Um, in number four, Kay Ivey, the Republican governor from Alabama, has a 63% approval rating and just a 19% disapproval rating. Uh, in number three, uh, Chris Sununu, the Republican governor of New Hampshire, has a 64% approval rating. Just 23% of New Hampshire uh, residents disapprove of him. And number two, Larry Hogan has a sixty one has a seventy one percent approval rating and a fourteen percent wow. disapproval rating. And in number one, Charlie Baker, the Republican governor from Massachusetts, has a seventy three percent approval rating and a seven and a fourteen percent disapproval rating. What are your thoughts on these polls? Uh, well, for the uh, approval ratings for the governors, it does seem that there's a lot of uh, blue states like Vermont, um, uh, New Hampshire, Massachusetts, where they have uh, moderate Republican governors in those states that did uh, that are doing extremely well. They have uh, approval ratings that a lot of people otherwise wouldn't expect. I think it's a lot of the bipartisan appeal in that case. And uh, as for the unpopular governors, it, I talked to uh, several uh, Connecticut Republicans, and they feel like their state is actually trending red because of all the taxes that uh, Ned Lamont has put on goods there. And he almost lost his election race, um, which was surprising in a blue year that a Connecticut uh, governor would lose a election race. Um especially not being an unpopular incumbent, just being unpopular in general. And as for Matt Bevan, that's going to be an interesting one to watch uh, this fall uh, because it's, it does seem like he's hated by Republicans, he's hated by Democrats, and it just seems like, I don't know if it's Andy Bashir, whoever the Democrat challenger is going to be, it seems like they could easily knock him off. All right, um, let's move on then uh, to the next uh, story this week then. Uh, so Stacey Abrams, Stacey Abrams, uh, the uh, Democratic governor candidate for governor uh, of Georgia in 2018 was heavily rumored to run for Senate, but now uh, she is saying she will not. Uh, Abrams, the 42-year-old, uh, is now stating uh, that she is flattered uh, by the rumors uh, that she's that she was going to run for Senate against incumbent David Perdue, the Republican who is running for a second term in 2020, and says she is willing to do anything to ensure uh, that that seat uh, is picked up by Democrats. Uh, however, she herself will not be running uh, in that race. Um, she confirmed that this continues to further fuel speculation, uh, that she is going to be making a run for the presidency. Uh, right now she could, uh, according to some reports, she could be making an announcement in September about whether she'll be running or not. 
What are your thoughts on Stacey Abrams announcing she won't run for U.S. Senate? Uh, well, the fact that she's not running for U.S. Senate could mean two things. Um, one is that she is uh, trying to be Joe Biden's v- vice presidential nominee because the two have met before. Uh, but she's also met with other top Democrats, such as I believe she met with Hillary Clinton, uh, which that may indicate that she will be announcing a presidential run. And I think that it is actually a genius on her part that she would wait until September because that's when she could really start to make waves. And it seems like that there's not going to be a clear um, African-American Democrat that could appeal to the southern states. It seems like Biden's beating both Booker and uh, Kamala Harris so far. But I think Abrams could bridge that gap and she could. Uh, make waves in the Democratic primary in terms of winning some of those states in the South. All right, then. Um, Let's move on, then. So the next story I want to talk about, Rod Rosenstein uh, is set to uh, resign May 11th. Uh, Rosenstein uh, often came at odds uh, with President Donald Trump, for his handling of the Mueller report. Um, however, now the acting attorney general is announcing he's going to be out May 11th after months and months of speculation. What are your thoughts on Rod Rosenstein announcing uh, his resignation as acting attorney general? Oh, well, he's always uh, been at odds with Trump over um, the Mueller investigation. It's true that uh, Rosenstein, I believe, was the one that appointed Mueller to the post to uh, oversee the investigation. And I feel like that now the investigation's over, uh, it wouldn't look like an like a obstruction for Trump to fire him. And we obviously know Trump's not really a big fan of uh, Rosenstein for appointing Mueller in the first place, so it does seem like it's a good uh, time. It's a timely uh, type of thing that's occurring that he's going to be fired. Um. Oh, oops, my bad. Okay. Um. So uh, interesting. Um. Uh, do you think that there might have been pressure from Trump for him to resign? I mean, it's it's very possible. I just think that uh, Trump is uh, wouldn't have pressured him until after the fact of the investigation's over because he doesn't uh, want it to seem like there's any case of an uh, obst- obstruction going on in terms of his handling over the Mueller report. Okay, uh, let's move on then. So the next story uh, involves uh, Bill Barr. So Bill Barr uh, had to uh, testify in front of Congress this week. Um, he, uh, he, he was uh, pressed very highly by Democrats, uh, specifically uh, as to why uh, he didn't release or want to release the redacted version of the Mueller report. Um they also wanted Barr to show up on Thursday. He didn't. Uh, why do you think, uh, or what What were your thoughts on uh, the meetings between uh, Bill Barr and Congress? 
Well, I feel like in general, I feel like Democrats are just wasting their ammunition on this uh, thing. It's obviously clear that there's not going to be any indictments or impeachments. And if they want to be strategic about the whole thing, I think that they uh, need to stop pressuring uh, these people, such as the attorney general, and try to focus on finding uh, actual strategy so they can beat Trump in 2020. Because even the exit polls from the mid terms which were way before the exoneration showed that even in states like new york a majority of people were saying that they felt like the uh investigation was too politicized and it does seem like the fact of the matter is that it's over and they should just uh, leave it alone and try to focus on other things because i don't think that they're going to change any votes uh continuing what they're doing i feel like if anything they're losing ground among independents um what do you think would be a potential strategy to help democrats uh beat trump in 2020 uh well the chances would have to be is that they would have to find somebody to run with an actual policy platform they'd have to find someone to run with a not necessarily too much experience that it would make them look bad, but they need to find somebody with uh, a decent amount of experience experience that would probably look to uh, be a steady sort of hand with a decent amount of uh, policy uh, platform that they can have in terms of what the they would have to do. They'd probably have to continue uh, to focus on job growth and potentially look at something like uh, automation as a means for why jobs are going away. If you look at uh, Andrew Yang, he already has a decent uh, platform out in terms of like tackling these certain issues that may appeal to the certain amounts of people in the Rust Belt that Trump didn't necessarily touch on. Because if they're going to run on this Green New Deal that even the unions uh, adamantly oppose, it just doesn't seem like it's going to be a way for them to uh, win these swing states in 2020, especially states like Pennsylvania, where the coal industry is very big and they don't even care a whole lot about climate change in general. All right. Uh, let's move on then. Uh, so the next uh, story that uh, I have uh, up is regarding um, Trump is, uh, or, or no, uh, um, this week, uh, Senator uh, Colorado Senator Michael Bennett uh, announced his run for president, making him the 21st uh, Democrat uh, to announce his candidacy for the presidency. Governor Steve, or Montana Governor, excuse me, Montana Governor Steve Bullock uh, is also uh, scheduled to potentially make an announcement uh, that he's running for the presidency uh, next week. Uh, Also uh, expected to make an announcement next week about uh, a presidential run is New York City Mayor Bill de Blasio. Uh, What are your thoughts uh, on Michael Bennett getting in, and what are your thoughts on Bill de Blasio and Steve Bullock planning to get in? Uh, Well, potentially for uh, Bennett is I don't honestly see the point in why certain Democrats such as Bennett are still trying to enter the race. It just seems like there's a whole lot of people that have the same ideas and the field is just growing to be a lot larger than the Republican field was 
back in 2016. I feel like at this point, I think like three Republicans had announced uh, in April and already 20, uh, over 20 Democrats have announced. So I think that Bennett, I don't know much about him. I'm pretty sure he's just going to be another non-factor. But in terms of Bullock, I think it'd be smarter if Bullock decides to run for the Senate seat in Montana. I'm not necessarily saying he would win the seat, but it would definitely be very close. Montana is a state that on the outside of the presidential level is pretty much a swing state, even though they'll always vote Republican in the um, presidential elections. I feel like Bullock has a lot more of a shot to take the um, in 2020 to take the Senate seat than to make a play for the presidency. I feel like his appeal is going to be overshadowed by a certain Democrats that are already a relatively moderate, uh, more corporate business Democrats, such as Amy Klobuchar is uh, from a similar state in Minnesota. She's already got a decent support base that I feel like, and also a John Hickenlooper, I feel like he'd just take uh, votes away from them and they're not even doing so well at this point. Uh, maybe he could take a couple votes away from Biden here and there, but I, I, I don't really see him making a play. I feel like it's better for him to run for Senate. And I think the whole Bill de Blasio thing is just laughable because there was a poll, I believe, that came out that showed only like 14 percent of Democrats in his home state were excited to see him get in. So I feel like he could maybe get some delegates early on in the New York primary especially, but I, I just feel like there's too many people in already. And for Bill de Blasio to throw his hat in now, I feel like he should have thrown it in earlier if he wanted to be a big name. I, I just feel like, again, he's not really that popular in his own city. I'm not entirely sure how he believes he's going to win the primary. All right. Um, why don't we move on then? Uh, so uh, the next story uh, is regarding Venezuela. Trump now uh, threatening sanctions uh, with Venezuela. Uh, and uh, recently, uh, Mike Pompeo, the Secretary of State, and John Bolton, the National Security Advisor, are not uh, ruling out the possibility of war with Venezuela. Uh, what are your thoughts? Uh, well, I think sanctions are the right way to go. I don't believe that... Uh trying to force uh, going into a war with Venezuela is necessarily in our best interest right now. I just feel like there's not a whole lot of it to win, but I feel like we can put up sanctions. Uh, we definitely should be actively opposing the Maduro regime, and if we need to give a certain amount of aid to the um, capitalist uh, regime that we now have recognized, I believe that that, is, uh, that should be a good thing. I just feel like we need to help the Venezuelans. Uh, we should probably take in a, a sig not necessarily a d decent amount, but we should definitely be taking in some refugees because these people are uh, starving because of the uh, radical socialist regime that's depleted their uh, food source. So I definitely think that we need to do something in terms of uh, Venezuela, but I don't believe we need to be getting in full war mode and be sending our military there to fight something that I, I don't think it's going to necessarily, we don't have a whole lot to gain from it. Do you think regime change is the correct path? Yeah, I think that the Venezuelan people need to get rid of Maduro because um, it, even when you ha even have people like 
Bernie Sanders saying uh, Maduro is a dictator and such. I, I believe that it, it really is uh, something that we can get behind in terms of supporting the new, newly recognized uh, regime. All right, um, let's move on then. Uh, so the next uh, story uh, we're going to talk a little bit about um, is uh, Facebook uh, this week announced permanent bans uh, for uh, Nation of Islam leader uh, Louis Farrakhan, uh, conspiracy theorist Alex Jones, uh, acti- and activists Laura Loomer and Milo Yiannopoulos. Uh, they will be permanently banned from the platform. Uh, what are your thoughts? Uh, well, again, I think that this is a overreach of big tech's powers, even though I don't agree with pretty much anything that Louis Farrakhan has to say. I don't believe his free speech should necessarily be taken away either. In terms of uh, Alex Jones uh, being taken off of uh, Facebook, I-, I think that what they're doing to him and what they're doing to Laura Loomer has been basically a full-scale unpersoning of 1984 proportions just because they may he may have broken the terms of service uh, for something he apologized for six years ago and i don't really agree with a whole lot of what alex jones has to say i don't i don't listen to i don't listen to alex jones's show i he's he is he's a funny guy he's a character uh but I, I just I just feel like for them to try to take his videos off and then they're taking it a step further and saying that anybody who shares a video from Infowars is going to be subject for their account to be terminated. It just seems like it's a full scale on censorship uh, thing that's going on. I feel like this is an overreach and I feel like the government uh, really needs to step in and do something because even though you may not agree with the people that are getting banned, it, it just feels like that we're now in a digital age and um, a lot of uh, people's lives are spent on the internet where they get their news and where they get their information. So uh, this basically seems to be sort of a violation of the freedom of speech and freedom of press. So there has to be something to be done. I believe that uh, we should come together as a country because I know that people on the left wing side of things have talked about breaking up big tech as well. And I feel like there should be a, a bipartisan digital bill of rights that's to be written to protect freedom of speech on social media in our U.S. Constitution. All right. Uh, why don't we move on then? Uh, so the Senate has failed uh, to overturn Trump's veto to end U.S. involvement in the Saudi-led war. Uh, we had reported previously uh, that... Uh, the Senate had passed a bill for the U.S. to end their involvement uh, in one of the Saudi Arabian uh, foreign wars. Uh, Trump vetoed it. Um, But now um, uh, there were rumors that uh, they were going to try and overturn uh, Trump's veto. The Senate tried to, and they failed. They failed to do so. What are your thoughts on uh, this happening? So you're saying that in this case, uh, Trump is trying to uh, get out of the war? No, what happened was the Senate voted to get uh, to end U.S. involvement in the Saudi-led war. Um, And uh, Trump vetoed their attempts to uh, get uh, uh, to remove America from the Saudi-led war. Um, 
and Trump was trying to say that it was a dangerous way of trying to overturn the War Powers Act, or try to incite the War Powers Act, um, and uh, Trump said it was like trying to take away his authority and trying to make him a lame duck president, so he vetoed it. Um, there was a vote held this week to try and overturn Trump's veto, but they weren't able to get two-thirds of a majority to do so. What are your thoughts? Uh, well, personally, I think that uh, we should end the foreign involvement in the Saudi-led wars. I feel like we're wasting a lot of our time and energy. We're, li- we're wasting a lot of uh, money, especially overseas. And I, I do, I, one of my personal uh, criticisms of Trump's presidency is the fact that he has been a little bit uh, too c- more cozier with Saudi Arabia than I would like him to. Uh, but probably the one good thing that uh, comes out of this is being on good terms with Saudi Arabia does usually correlate to lower gas prices. So if there's any good thing that would uh, come out of staying in the war for at least the time being, it would probably be that. All right. Um, and let's talk a little bit about the mayor of Baltimore. So this week, uh, the mayor... Uh, of Baltimore uh, uh, had to resign. Uh, Catherine uh, Pug uh, announced uh, her resignation as the city's mayor. Uh, there was a corruption scandal. Um, uh, she allegedly purchased uh, large... Or, uh, what happened was, I guess... Um, there was like a self-dealing book arrangement. Um, uh, and so apparently there were uh, companies that uh, bought uh, books from her that she had written uh, in exchange for city contracts. Um, and that was apparently illegal in Baltimore. So she announced on May 2nd that she resigned. Baltimore City Council uh, President Jack Young Uh, has taken over as the 51st mayor of Baltimore. What are your thoughts on uh, Catherine Pug's resignation as Baltimore, Maryland's mayor? Well, I'd just like to say for the fact, uh, it just seems like in every major city where you have a certain decent amount of uh, cushiness for a certain party, uh, the Democrats in particular, it seems like they've just opened uh, doors up for ability for cor- corruption because people know that they're going to constantly be in a position of power. Uh, definitely, I don't know if there's exact term limits for the mayor of Baltimore, but in terms of uh, curbing corruption like that in major cities, there has to be a certain amount of term uh, limits in particular uh, for that. As for the, I didn't really know a whole lot about the whole what went down with the book deal or whatever, but. It, it just seems to be that's the way it is in these major cities. And uh, I just hope that the newer mayor of Baltimore is uh, looking to fix the problems more in his city because it is the number one most violent uh, city in the country. So I hope that uh, that should be the main focus of the mayor, not trying to profit off of a certain amount of, uh, of book uh, deals. That's what I have to say on that topic. All right, uh, so why don't we move on then? So last week, the question of the week uh, involved, uh, I think I, the question of the week I gave all the listeners 
uh, was, uh, do you think Trump should be impeached for the findings of the Mueller report? I got some interesting answers on the Superfly app. So uh, here are some of uh, the uh, responses um, I got. So uh, Kayla says they haven't found any impeachable offensive offenses. At this point, I think it's tr- time to leave it alone and focus on next election. Uh, Tootsie from New Holland, Pennsylvania said, no, he is doing a great job. Obama near uh, darn near destroyed this country. If the Dems get in, we will be done. Our freedom and our way of the American life will be no more. Tanner Nash says yes because he was involved in too much things not concerning our agenda. Um, uh, Ashley Onusko, I apologize if I'm pronouncing that incorrectly, says, I think he should be impeached for his conduct as president, but not necessarily for the findings of the Mueller report. Um, Gabriel uh, Razier uh, from uh, Alexandria, Virginia, says he should be uh, uh, impeached for attempted obstruction of justice. Uh, Darling from... uh, uh, Mar- Marlborough, Massachusetts says, yes, he should be impeached, in my opinion. He is unfit to serve to begin with. I believe he uh, should be, he should have diminished capability due to um, uh, mental illnesses uh, or demen- <laughs> dementia or al- Alzheimer's. He is one of the most corrupt presidents we have ever had in office. He will not release his tax returns like all the other presidents. Why? Because uh, we cannot find out uh, he is not the great businessman he was. Surprise. Uh, we know about his multiple bankruptcy filings, Trump College, Trump Vodka. None of them lasted. I am sure there are more. Uh, we are uh, or will be uh, further in the fu- further in debt uh, than we ever were under the Obama in, uh, uh, administration. In the trillions, he says the economy is improving. Baloney. I see more companies closing or cutting employees uh, if not laying uh, them all off. Um, And then let me see. I think there was... Uh, Could I I respond to that real quick? Sure. Go right ahead. Well, I just feel like that that uh, comment was a little bit out there. Just just because you don't like the president's personality or conduct doesn't mean that that's necessarily grounds for impeachment. And uh, in terms of the uh, tax returns or whatever, um, I, I do believe that he should uh, technically release them. I, I will agree with that. But to say he's a failed businessman, he has after a, over a 97% success rate is a, kind of a little bit laughable in my opinion. And uh, in terms of job, like the last part, I just I thought that was a little ridiculous because uh, we've netted approximately – uh, over 2 million manufacturing jobs since Trump took office. And under Obama, uh, we saw 5 million leaving. So, And there there have been a couple of plants that have uh, continued to close down in Ohio. But at the same time, you saw a couple of uh, General Motors plants open in about the same region and actually uh, netted them. Uh, well, actually, I think there were Chrysler plants that opened, and it netted them about 4,000 total jobs. So I, I just felt like that was a little bit out there. All right. 
Uh, Adele Luis uh, Pereiro says, It would be better to move on and stop wasting taxpayers' money on something that is not directly helping the country. Congress needs to work on balancing the budget, continuing improving health care changes, address the Social Security payment future crisis, uh, make some immigration laws that discourage millions of people from wanting to run and swim across the border, improve education, and more. Uh, uh, Dave uh, Morris Jr. from... Uh, Ban, uh, Bainbridge, uh, Georgia says, yes, he is an unfit president. Uh, in April, uh, we, uh, Weoas says, uh, from Sanford, Virginia says, I don't think so. I personally am a big fan of the things he is doing in office. Uh, so my next question for you guys this week, um, going into this next week, um, is, uh, if you, um, and I guess this one, or yeah, this one is, um, do you support Andrew Yang's, uh, idea of universal basic, uh, income? Why or why not? Uh, so you can email me your responses, uh, at nolancleerybusiness at gmail.com. You can contact me via social media, uh, on politics weekly, uh, podcasts, uh, on Instagram, um, you can also uh, message me on the Superfly app or uh, message me on the Anchor app. Um, anyways, uh, Red Eagle, thank you for joining me. Yeah, thanks for having me on. Before you go, do you want to tell people where you can be found uh, on social media? Uh, yeah, you can follow me at uh, Twitter, uh, twitter.com slash or at Red Eagle Patriot. Instagram also at Red Eagle Patriot. Uh, feel free to subscribe to my YouTube channel. It's uh, Red Eagle TV on YouTube. All right. Thank you, sir. Yeah, no problem. Bye. We will make America strong again. We will make America proud again. We will make America safe again. And we will make America great again. God bless you and good night. I love you. He's become a hero to some, a threat to others. He is America's 45th president. Donald Trump has gone from billionaire real estate mogul to television personality to leader of the free world for almost four years. Now. He hopes to be America's commander-in-chief for eight years. This is President Donald Trump, and this is his story. The Candidates Donald Trump has got to be defeated, and I intend to do everything that I can with every other progressive in America in making sure that that happens. Their Stories We got a real opportunity to build something and their fight for the White House. Keep America great! Exclamation point. Keep America great. This is Presidential Profile 2020. At that inflection moment, where were you? This is that moment. It's our job to remind the American people that we're looking out for them. So all of you, showing the country how you do this. The special interests and the powerful have such an outsized influence and outcome to restore our democracy.
Donald John Trump was born on June 14, 1946 in Queens, New York to Fred and Mary Ann, both successful real estate developers. He is of Palestinian and Scottish descent. Trump grew up in Queens and attended Q Forest School from kindergarten up until grade 7. He joined the New York Military Academy when he was 13 before transferring to go to Wharton High School and University of Pennsylvania. In college, he helped out with the family business. In the 1960s, Trump was eligible to serve in the draft. However, he received multiple deferments due to medical issues surrounding leg spurs, a point of contention over the years. Trump is presbyterian. Trump's brother, Fred Jr. died of alcoholism. As a result, Trump himself does not drink video. Trump and his father started a business together in 1968 called E. Trump and Son. It was sued for racial discrimination in 1969. The case was settled under Fred. Eventually, Fred resigned to become chairman, making Donald president and CEO of the company. The company was later renamed the Trump Organization. The company was later sued again for racial discrimination as the Trump were accused of making unfair living arrangements for African Americans. I have no intention of running for president, but I'd like the point to get across that we have a great country, but it's not going to be great for long if we're going to continue to lose $200 billion. Trump put those suspicions aside, instead focusing on the business. Trump became a pop culture sensation and would go on to cameo in multiple different movie projects such as The Little Rascals, Home Alone 2, Lost in New York and Zoolander. He also starred in a series of commercials for McDonald's. I put together some really impressive deals, but this thing you've pulled off, it's amazing. A big and tasty for just a dollar? How do you do it? What's your secret? Got a buck? You're in luck, because you can get a delicious, beefy, big and tasty, a McChicken sandwich, and lots of your other favorites on McDonald's dollar menu every day. Together, Grimace, we could own this town. However, in 2000, Trump announced his candidacy for the presidency. Trump announced he'd be running on the Reform Party for president, running a progressive campaign at the time supporting partial birth abortion and universal health care. He criticized his primary opponent, former White House Communications Director, Pat Buchanan for what is so-called far-right positions. I just think it's ridiculous. I mean, he wrote Why? a book because, look, he's a Hitler lover. I guess he's an anti-Semite. He doesn't like the blacks. He doesn't like the gays. I, 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 it's just incredible that anybody could embrace this guy. Trump eventually obtained the Reform Party's nomination and said he'd be interested in marrying his longtime girlfriend, Slavic supermodel Milana Janavs, also known as Miliana. Many questioned if Trump's campaign was serious. Eventually Trump dropped out and Buchanan was chosen as the party's new nominee. Trump went back to business and started the hit show The Apprentice. Excuse Mr. Trump, I was... Hey look, you claim to be like me. The difference is I work hard. You've been lazy, 
You've been nothing but trouble. And now you cut them off as they're fighting each other for who should be fired. Michael, oh, yes. Michael. Yes, sir. You're fired. In 2004, Trump married Melania. At the time, many New York elitists such as New York Senator and former First Lady Hillary Clinton were in attendance. Trump eventually started a spin-off show, The Celebrity Apprentice. However, Trump would soon be back in the political spot. I want him to show his birth There's something on that birth certificate that he doesn't like. Trump made national headlines again when he questioned President Barack Obama's American citizenship and demanded to see his birth certificate to prove he wasn't Kenyan. In 2009, Trump changed his party registration back to Republican and considered running for either governor of New York in 2010 or for president of the United States in 2012. Trump declined both offers. Trump endorsed former Massachusetts Governor Mitt Romney in his fight to win the presidency, holding multiple fundraisers for him. Ultimately, Romney lost to Obama, but in 2016, Trump made a crucial announcement. I will be the greatest jobs president that God ever created. Trump came under fire for his controversial stance on immigration and controversial comments made about Arizona Senator John McCain. Regardless, Trump became the front-runner in the Republican primary, challenging candidates like Texas Senator Ted Cruz, Ohio Governor John Kasich and former Florida Governor Jeb Bush. Trump became extremely controversial for his positions on immigration, his travel ban idea, and comments overall deemed offensive by many. His performance during debates led to a ratings jump for multiple TV stations. Additionally, Trump came at odds with the press, who he accused of being unfair to him, and was lambasted by many for comments he made about women. In spite of this, Trump remained the front-runner in the polls consistently, and eventually won the Republican nomination for president. Trump faced now former Secretary of State Hillary Clinton. You can put half of Trump supporters into what I call the basket of deplorables. Trump chose Indiana Governor and former Congressman Mike Pence as his running mate. I would tell you that for me, the sanctity of life um, proceeds out of the belief that that ancient principle that um, where, where God says, before you were formed in the womb, I knew you. And so for my first time in public life, I've sought to stand with great compassion for the sanctity of life. The campaign between Clinton and Trump became heated, but two weeks before the election, a controversial video from Access Hollywood was revealed featuring Trump in a conversation with reporter Billy Bush stating disparaging comments about women. Multiple Republicans called on Trump to drop out, but Trump declined. Consequently, Clinton saw a major uptick in polls as a result. The New York Times gave Clinton a 97% chance of winning the White House. In spite of this, Trump campaigned hard in the Rust Belt, 
in hopes to win over typically populist, left-leaning voters. A few weeks before Election Day, FBI Director James Comey reintroduced an investigation into Clinton's email scandal, regarding a private server she used as Secretary of State. Many people have accused Comey of using this as a political tool to prevent her from winning the White House. In the huge news, uh, actually, the AP now projecting that Donald Trump has won the state of Pennsylvania. That is uh, the race, frankly. Uh, there is no path forward for Hillary. Election Day, Trump shocked the crowd by winning the Electoral College vote. He managed to flip six states Barack Obama carried in 2012, Ohio. Wisconsin, Iowa, Michigan, Pennsylvania and Florida. This made the election the first time since George H.W. Bush's victory in 1988 that a Republican presidential candidate carried Pennsylvania, Michigan and Maine's first congressional district. It also made him the first Republican candidate since Ronald Reagan in 1984 to carry Wisconsin. The election left voters shocked, with many blaming what they saw as Clinton's poor campaign decisions for her loss. In spite of her loss, Clinton won the national popular vote by nearly 2 million votes, leading Senator Barbara Boxer, DCA, to draft a bill to abolish the Electoral College. The election saw the most amount of faithless votes of any election. In Washington state, Former Secretary of State Colin Powell received three electoral votes, whilst activist Faith Spotted Eagle received one, making her the first Native American to receive any electoral votes. In Texas, Ohio Governor John Kasich and Ron Paul, who was a congressman from the state, each received an electoral vote. Vermont Senator Bernie Sanders also received an electoral vote out of the state of Hawaii. Mike Pence became the 48th Vice President of the United States. At age 70, Trump was the oldest president ever inaugurated. On January 20, 2017, the day of his inauguration, Trump filed to run for re-election as president. Trump received polarized reaction for his travel ban, his proposed border wall, the GOP tax cut and his trade policy amongst other things. In 2018, Trump announced a slogan for his re-election bid. Keep America great! Now, Trump hopes to continue being America's 45th president. For more Presidential Profiles 2020, keep it right here on Politics Weekly.